It's about to get real. Jonette Sumner joins me and we talk about The Dark Side of Paradise, Part 1. I am your host, Dr. Maria Seaman, pastor of Shekinah Worship Center, and it's good to be with you again. Amen. It's good to be with you and to know that we're going to meet on this platform to talk real and understand as much as we can what's going on and perhaps what we can do to help alleviate alleviate the situation that is dark. Uh, obviously, the topic, the dark side of paradise. And I wanted to have as a co-host, a guest, um, one who I know whose heart is truly attached to Bermuda. Um, I'm pretty sure that if she could have gone by now and what if she would have yet, something holds her back at least for now. And I am grateful and I believe that you are too. So I'm going to invite our guests to come on screen and uh, then we are going to get chatting pretty soon. And as you can tell, my guest, our guest tonight is Miss Seanette Sumner. How you doing, Seanette? How you doing? Good evening, my friend. I am wonderfully well, under the circumstances. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, right off the bat, I want to say thank you. Um, I don't take it for granted that folks come on this platform, especially one who has given so much and continues to give, make an impact. This is not a waste of time. This is using time so that we can deal with a matter close to our heart. And mm-hmm. so we've got folks saying, welcome. My firstborn is there. It's always exciting. Her birthday is coming up in two days. All right. To get on board. I'm going to open up and pray, and then we're going to get started because there's a lot that we need to share with the people. Let's mm-hmm. pray. Father, we thank you. God, thank you. Thank you for this time, this opportunity that you've given us to speak concerning the land in which you had us to be born. God, we ask that you be with us, give us what to say and how to feel and express it so that, God, you're pleased with it. May Bermuda be blessed because of this conversation. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well. Shona, I know you know, so I'm going to let you tell the folks, because we had this plan to have this live last week, Mm -hmm. and stuff has happened since we decided to have this live. Yeah, a lot has happened. A lot has happened. And, And, you know, I am bothered. I am bothered by what's happened. I'm saddened. But let's go back, share with the folks generally, you know how you do. Generally, why were we going to have a live in the first place, Alan? Well, first of all, I know you and I talk fairly frequently, and um, we're we. I think we spend more of our time talking about the things that are going on in the island, this dark side, than any other topic. And you know, we had a situation in Bermuda last Thursday where another young life was um, taken away from Bermuda, taken away from his family, his mother, um, just, an, just another one. And 
you know, we we started to talk about that and then our conversations just kind of went into, you know, other things that are, are happening and here we are, right? And and since that time, a lot more has happened and it, it hasn't even been a week yet, you know? So you mentioned in your intro just now that you're bothered. I am too. I I actually didn't sleep last night. Like these things keep me awake at night because like you and many others who I'm sure are tuning in and maybe not even tuning in, we know people who are looking for solutions, who want to try solutions, try things that haven't been tried as yet, but for whatever reason, it's just not happening. And when we read what was in the um, in the media, in the newspaper, just talking about 2022 alone, if we've already lost six men, and this is just the start of the seventh month, in no way am I being cynical. But if this pattern continues, we have at least four or five more to go in 2022. And... We just can't. I mean, enough truly is enough. Yep, yep. You said a lot there. And, you know, it's happening right in front of our eyes. Mm -hmm. And so in one way, you're like, does everybody see this? And yet the question really is, (laughs) do we get to the stakeholders? You see? Mm -hmm. Um, It's not your sons are older. They're through it. My daughters are older. They're through it. How, you know, how do we get to the stakeholders? One of the episodes also that we talked about was the bullying. Remember that? Yes. Well, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I tell people all the time that when it, you know, I taught in public education for 20 years. And what was interesting is that. When I left public education in 2004, so we're going back 18 years, I was in for almost as long as I've been out. Bullying was a huge issue. And I tell people that my number one pet peeve when it comes to education, I don't care if it's local public education, local private, overseas public or private my all-time number one pet peeve is bullying because the ramifications of that are like tentacles. They stretch far and wide. And we don't usually see the effects of it until sometimes it's too late. The bullying has caused an individual you know, to take their own life or the bullying has caused the individual to act out in ways that the, that's out of character, that sometimes people don't even pick up on or they pick up on it and they're not even quite sure, well, how do we go and get this person some help? People who are bullied are also lashing out because they want to be protected. But what do we do in, and, and I'm just, you know, I'm not here to bash any public school system, no politician or whatever. I'm speaking general and As I often say to people, if the shoe fits, wear it. But if if bullying is not managed 
correctly, identified and managed correctly, then we're going to continue to see what we're seeing. The bullies that we're seeing now, I'm on the verge of labeling them terrorists. And it hurts to do so because these are our sons and our daughters. Don't be mistaken. Our girls are caught up in this as well. And it's only a matter of time before we start seeing the female names and faces on the front pages. Because right now, they're very active. So why are we not addressing the bullying, which, in my opinion, is a very serious root cause to a lot of the things that are happening? Men and women who are incarcerated, while they have done some very, very horrific things, can tell you stories where they were bullied, and sometimes by their own family members. So they're lashing out. It's a, it's a serious, vicious cycle. But we look at it as, you know, well, they're just rude, acting out. We put them in all sorts of in-school suspension programs. We send them home. We kick them out. We send them to the street. And just so it goes. Right? And it's painful. It is very painful because these children, and I explain this to young people that I work with, um, not just at my job, but in my private um, coaching practice, I always explain to people that when you were born, somebody held you in their arms and they looked at you and they smiled. And they had great dreams. I've never heard of a story of a parent who gave birth, held their child in their arms, and looked at them and said, gosh, I hope you grow up to be a failure. You know, and we do the best we can as parents. We don't always get it right. But regardless of how much a person aggravates you or gets on your nerves, what gives you the right to take that life? Now, Jeanette, you have... I hope you don't mind me calling you by your first name. Of course like not. Come on now. <laughs> well, you, you've hit such a powerful point, you know, of every parent when they look at that, that newborn, fresh. And so how, how do they get from that place to what we see? So let, let, let me go to this PowerPoint because we're already talking into it. So let's share that and then we're going to, absolutely talk more on exactly what you've spoken concerning. All right. That's you and I. Yes. yes. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Now, now I should have done this at the beginning. What in the world? Let me tell you about Miss Shawna Sumner here. She is a mother, veteran educator, community activist, founder, and organizer of Etiquette Class for Girls. What does that say? A lot of care, a lot of heart. And just in saying that, your heart translates into action. And that's what we need, really. More than educated people, but it's the action thereof. And I will say this. I, too, taught almost, well, 19 years in the education system. And what I saw is teachers being bullied. 
Yeah, it's funny you should say that because I had a conversation with a teacher just this evening. I was backing into my yard and she said to me, uh, I'm going to tell you exactly what she said. She said, I cannot do this much longer. She said, I'm working in a school and this is locally. I'm working in a school where I am sick and tired of seeing young men pull their pants down and telling me what I should suck. Like, how do you, how, like, where is that coming from? You know, listen, let me, this is, this is what I surmise. I taught at a particular high school, which was known as the dumping ground. It was a high school where if you didn't make a certain stay nine, that's where you went because you were considered not very bright. And there was a whole school of this type of person. Now, my neighbor's dog is barking. So if it's bothered, if you can hear it, let me know. I'll close my window. Anyway, this particular school... What I remember was after lunch in this particular school, a team of us had to go out into the bushes to gather them from, they were all up there smoking weed. It was lunchtime. They were smoking weed. And we had to bring them back into the building for afternoon classes. And I'm trying to explain to the powers that be, how do I teach these mainly young men? How do I teach them? Like their brains are fried. They're not thinking rationally. They're not even in a condition to think, but you want me to teach them and try to get them, get them through some exam. One mother was called to the school about the matter. And I will never forget the mother said to the principal when she addressed the weed smoking and the truancy, what I do in my house is none of your so-and-so business, okay? We have to remember that what we're seeing right now didn't start last year. <laughs> it started over 20 years ago on this island, possibly even 30. It started. We saw it. And we wanted to do and say things in a nice way because we didn't want to offend children or hurt their self-esteem and all of that stuff. We saw it. Those young people of 30, 20 to 30 years ago who were unruly then, they're parents today. They are parents today. And so... We see the generation right now that's running rampant. Many of their parents are running rampant. And then there's a generation right above them where it was starting. And I'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying that, you know, all parents of those three generations were just horrible people because I don't believe that. I think there have been some success stories that have come out of that. But if we want to look at where this started, look at some of these people who were in our schools that teachers were complaining about. Because I was one of them. And I have two colleagues. Um, I'm not going to call their names, but they're still very much in the trenches. And the three of us were working together at this particular school. And every time we spoke out about these particular students and the way we're attempting to teach them when they're not going to grasp it, 
We were called cynical. We were called complainers. Well, as most people know, I've been working in the prison for the last 10 years. I've seen many of those students there, many of them. And they're not there for a trip in a little old lady as she crossed the street. They are there for extremely serious crimes. And these were the ones I was complaining about to look and teach them differently. I, I don't see how we're going to deal with this topic in one hour. So you may have to give me grace on another <laughs> meeting. Absolutely. Because I'm not going to erase it. Um, right. Essentially speaking, we have placed ourselves in this situation. We have allowed things over the last 30 years to progress in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. So while some of us have become educated and elitist, we didn't care as much about those who were not going to be as educated. In 1987, I remember my first teaching job, asking the principal, you know, I'm fresh off all the blocks, like, um, wait a minute, how can so-and-so pass to the next grade? They failed English uh, and English, like the two main subjects. Yeah. We, we don't have enough room. Can mm -hmm. I tell you that I've seen some of them end up in the system because we said we don't have enough room. Listen to me. We need to make room for discipline. Yes, yes. Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, we were disciplined. We didn't like some of the things that our parents did and our parents said, but we ran astray when we started letting other people, and I'm not singling anybody out in particular, but we started letting other people tell us how to raise our children. Right. And it still came down to the whole thing of, well, don't do this because you're going to hurt their self-esteem. Um, I think back to when the school system was changed from, you know, because we, we went from primary school straight to high school. And then in came the middle school. Well, the reports about middle schools and them not working as effectively as they should, that's well over 20 years old. What was happening there in 20 years, a breeding ground for what? You know, we took away the 11 plus because we're hurting esteem, but we were able to identify children who could go into um, maybe hospitality and going to the business sector, the seamstresses. You know, everybody's not going to be academic, so to speak, but we took all of that away. We hear oftentimes people complaining about tech and the great things that were produced there, the people that were a part of tech who were not our academic students, but they were brilliant when it came to woodwork, carpentry, motor mechanics, welding. These They were brilliant, but that was taken away. So we keep taking things away and replacing it with what? And now we wind up with broken systems. There are several. And all the brokenness to me just looks like a pile of pieces of a jigsaw puzzle that just won't ever fit together. I, I don't know how we're going to fix this. You know, um, it's heart wrenching because we it's almost like we're just sitting back with our popcorn 
and we're just watching and waiting for the next episode. And it's it's sad. It's unfortunate because people are losing their families. Yeah. I said, Seanette, I said on Sunday during a, the sermon, mm-hmm. um, inspired by the Holy Spirit, um, I don't think the leaders of education get in the trenches and deal with what's going on. For example, one suggestion I had, if, if, if somebody from the ministry went into one class, looked at that class, understood how many of those children don't have fathers mm-hmm. and they were caring enough to say, we need to check on this parent. How are they making out? Do yeah. they need extra? What? We're Bermuda. We're only 20 miles. Mm-hmm. I'm baffled. That's what you just hit the nail on the head. We're tiny. We're like the size of like a lot of my really, really, really close friends live overseas in the United States. Their neighborhoods are the size of Bermuda. And here we are, this little island where we used to pride ourselves on knowing everybody, being able to correct other people's children, being able to make the phone call, sort issues out quickly, and we can't get this together. And and it's literally spiraling very quickly. I interject for a sec to say um, hello to Ronald Harrell, my Aggie friend, North Carolina A&T. I see Desmond on. I'm going to speak to that in a minute. And there's a few other men that I want to speak and, and call out before we, we, we end, because there are, we do have some great men in Bermuda and in this world. And they've got to be tired, too. I mean, everybody's tired. We're just tired. Um, let me go to some comments and so we can hear the pulse of the people and then we'll continue. All right. Uh, I shared a few. Let's start with my sister, sister. Hi, Al. Parents, many single, get caught up either working to pay the bills or unfortunately partying and the children end up raising themselves. So they seek love in the wrong places. Yep. Yeah, more. <laughs> yeah. And as Tyra past has always said, 20 years ago, things began to shift. I would say, yeah, 30, 35 years ago. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. My number one who has been a victim of bullying. And that that took me into a space. I had to leave Barkley to go to the school where she was bullied and I did not get much help. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, OK. And so the root of it. Yes. Home based. What's going on in those homes? Yeah, we have Janice, superintendent, saying, my mother taught for 40 years and retired approximately 15 years ago. She saw the turn long before she retired. Wow. Yeah. 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 But everybody's talking about it. People saw it. But what are people doing about it? People are not radical like you. They're not radical. Well, listen, let me tell you something, right? <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to just say it, you know, it, it is what it is. I have spent my 38-year career speaking out. Um, I would say probably over the last 10 to 15 years, I've gotten a lot more silent because what I've found is that when people know you're going to speak out, they bring you issues to speak on it. But when it's now out in the fore and you... Have your opportunity to jump in and say what you need to say and add your solution and everything else. You cower in a corner. And so I've realized that 
oftentimes people want other people to do the heavy lifting. And that is also to be said for raising children. When you bring children into this world, it is not up to government and financial services and, and, and the schools to raise your children. That's, that's not their role. And, and, and I'm not, you know, I, I don't want parents to think I'm, I'm criticizing or as the big saying, judging, you know, parents that if you've had one child and that was too much, why do you now have four? You know, because I tell people financial assistance, whether it's in Bermuda or in another jurisdiction, is a handout from other people's hard work. Okay, I want that money for me. Let me let me have my money and do what I want to do with it. If I want to help you because you're struggling with your children, then that should be my choice. But don't take my money and say, I'm going to help this person who has chosen to have, you know, four children. She's struggling. She may even have them with the same man. Who knows? That's irregardless. The point is you just keep having them and you keep holding your hand out. And how are you making life better for yourself? So you have to wonder, Shona, what, what is the family connection? So what are the family? Who's talking? You know, my, you know, I remember being little. My, my mom was shout over Loyal Hill. And yeah. I better be back in the house in like a minute and 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, there was the discipline at home. Mm-hmm. Um, what I see, and see, this is why you're getting yourself in trouble because you're gonna have to come back because we're gonna finish, <laughs> we're gonna finish that PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. So now we've got now uh, to the place where literally single motherhood is applauded, um, out there on social media, having children before you're committed in a relationship in marriage. It's like just, but we don't see that this is the next level of what we're already dealing with. What's it going to look like in 20 years? Yes. Except for us getting the money from you and I and other people and thinking they're justified by it. And this generation that, you know, the ones, the ones in this generation that are unsettled, unruly, creating the problems, you know, they are going to be parents or they already are. So what can they possibly offer this child if their lifestyle is so dysfunctional? So again, it comes back to, you know, we call it generational curses, cycles, whatever you want to call it. When it comes to solutions, this is where I don't have a problem saying, okay, let's help a family. If you're serious about wanting to get help, and make your family better and stop some of these cycles, then let's have these parenting classes. But you have to be committed. You have to be committed for at least a year, three years, whatever it's going to take. But it's a family thing. And you have to get the fathers in of your children. Or in the cases where there's the fathers, you have to get the mothers in. How do you, how do you have these children? And then it's like, well... I'm just going to raise them by myself. I mean, it's different if the the other parent has issues, you know, mental issues, alcohol, drug. I mean, that's a whole different gamut. But 
that parent needs support as well. But if we just turn a blind eye to it and just let it keep going, and there's nothing in place to help to arrest this behavior, then we just continue to see more of the same. Nothing in place with all our education, with all our brilliance, with all our people in position, it gets worse. Mm -hmm. I'm a person in the trenches. You know, that's one of the reasons I had to leave teaching because when I had a parent teacher meeting and they were Christians and they were telling me off, I said, hold on, Seaman's going to have to have a voice here. And I let my people know I'm ready to go full-time pastoring Mm -hmm. because I need to say something. Exactly. We are not holding parents accountable. No, we're not. And I, 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 every principal should understand that they have been given the authority in that arena and they should not let just anything happen. The things I've seen at my alma mater are appalling. Right. Yeah. And very, very disappointing. You know. Now, you mentioned nah, back in 20 years ago, having to pull him out of the bushes because of weed. But didn't we just um, pretty much legalize it for him? Mm-hmm. There you go. But we care, right? We care. It was damaged before. Listen, you have some adults, they can manage the weed. You know why? Because they got educated first or they got money or they already got the house. Mm-hmm. But if you put putting weed in the scent, in the atmosphere of little children, how are they going to become successful? They're going to become victims. Absolutely. Yes. I, I concur. I agree with you 100%. It's, it's, a, it's a horrible, horrible cycle. And I will tell you also, I've um, met with and had lots of conversations with parents who they understand that, you know, the, tra- the train has come off the rails and they want help and they just find that there's really nowhere they can go to get consistent help put it that way consistent help without the judgment so you know it, it takes a lot for somebody to come and say okay listen i really need help my 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 daughter my son is going off the rails i don't know what to do i see the signs i don't want to you know i i need help where do they go to get that consistent help in order to for their son or their daughter not to become the next statistic where do they go i mean let's face it you know and i i have a lot of respect for bermuda police but we can go to the police what the what the police going to say, right? Where I mean, where are you going to go to your MP? Where do you go to, like, where do you go? Where do you go when somebody's coming to you and saying, listen, I need help. That help sometimes is not going to be a quick fix, you know, a, a, a two-hour meeting and call it a day. They need support. Where do they go? I'm going to say this. I say it over and over, and I believe it. Once they hit 12 and 13, that branch is beginning to harden. Mm-hmm. If we don't catch them, yep. when the three and four, and from what I hear in preschools, some of them are doing stuff that I would, would make me blush. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, if we're not, ident- come on, 
they're being identified. You can say, oh, yeah, that, that one's going to be trouble. But why yep. can't we start dealing with them then? Go yep. to the parent. Find yep. the father if it's alive and in Bermuda. Mandate some things. Why are not parents being held accountable for students, their child being a bully? Take yep. them to court. Take yep. them to court. Yep, exactly. But I find too that sometimes, right? Now this is, and again, I'm not speaking about anybody in particular. I'm speaking generally across the board. When, if you look at people sometimes who are in positions of decision-making, right? And, and let's, let's, let's keep it here. For instance, let's say you are responsible for, let's say mothers, who are just not taking care of their children. That's your responsibility. But you have been just such a horrible mother, but you're, you're getting paid for this, right? You're getting paid to, to do this task, but you've been such a poor mother that now the whole community is in an uproar. Like what does Maria Seaman know about, you know, because let me tell you, she's been horrible. All her children have been involved in, criminal activity, and on and on and on, but nobody's listening. And, and, and my point is that sometimes we have people in positions of decision-making who, number one, don't have a clue about the subject matter that they're responsible for, or it's such a touchy subject to the point where, okay, I can only go so far, but I can't go too much further because I may open up my own can of worms. Right. So we 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 kind of dance and skirt and tiptoe around the issue. And then the other issue we have is that because the island is so small, well, listen, you know what? Gosh, I don't want to hurt you know Miss Miss Smith or Miss that's my neighbor. Those are my boys. I, I don't want to gotta tread lightly. Call it out for what it is. We we we, we are doing it to ourselves. Exactly. By not dealing with the situations, not being honest and listen from experience, not being willing to be hated. You, you just got to. I would rather be disliked, thought as judgmental, but talk about the situation. Somebody mm -hmm. out there knows that Seanette Sumner and Maria Seaman care enough. Mm -hmm. Take out time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There are little ones that are just so precious coming up. Yeah. And we're like, we don't turn it, we don't start speaking to it. These yeah. and precious lives quickly become tarnished because of their family situation and people not having an eye out on it. Now, mm -hmm. at another time, of course, I'll speak to the fact of, this is why we used to have church because yeah. the pastor keep an eye out on some things. Yeah. You know, not, not that ours are all perfect, but they're not gonna misbehave for semen. So we're right. trying to get it from the church to the school, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But this thing here, it, you mentioned, what if I was, I should not got the job. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But, but somebody somebody liked you. You know, we hear two people talking about their friends and family. You know, Maria's a nice person. She means well, or worse yet, Maria needs a job. So let's just give it to her and let her try it out. Like, Come on, we, we call these things out on a regular basis and it's allowed to continue, right? So you just talk, touched on the, um, the, the spiritual foundation. And thankfully, 
from me and my sisters, or my sisters and me, and it is my sisters and me, all grammatically correct. Um, we had a spiritual, we had a spiritual um, foundation. Not only did um, my parents send us to church and to Sunday school, they went as well, and they made sure that we were active in the church, um, more so through my adolescent and teen years. You know, being involved and and I mean, we had some old school Sunday school teachers, right? They didn't play, but. Even if I find that myself, and I don't go to church as, as much as I should, but even with my friends and stuff, you find that once you have that spiritual grounding, you rarely move away from it. Our young people, many of our young people today don't have that. And again, it speaks to that two to three generation period that I was speaking about where if you don't know it, you're not likely to just decide, oh, let me just pick up the habit of going to church, right? So we just continue to have one generation after another. Um, you know, the, 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 the spiritual occasion becomes the christening, but the after christening becomes a liquor party, which you're supposed to be celebrating with the baby. And I, it just, it drives me nuts. Um, it, it, what are we doing? It's just... It's really, it's tragic. We're doing a lot of this to ourselves and then turning around and asking people for help. I, it, it's crazy to me. Perfectly said. Our freedom, in our freedom and our liberty, we have imprisoned our own selves. Mm -hmm. You see, freedom without structure and order is pandemonium. Mm -hmm. it's, it's chaos mm -hmm. that's abounding. Mm -hmm. And from videos that are shared to me, it's chaos in this island. Mm -hmm. And they're having fun doing chaos. Yes. They're having fun talking about killing somebody. They're having fun talking about shooting up, the, the making up songs. What kind of madness is this? Why? Because they have not at least, and I believe it, the majority have not had that structure. No. Got me upbringing. I believe it. They haven't. But the flip side to that, because I've also met some young men who have had it, but the power of peer pressure is horrible. I mean, I've seen some good, good young people, good young people become something that their parents just don't even know anymore. And I often say to people, you know, you can raise your children to the best of your ability. You can give them the best, you know, according to your standards, the best that you could give them. You can give them the best education. You can shelter and protect them. And then they get around other people's children because, you know, and, and you kind of have to let them go because you don't want to, you don't want your, 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 your adolescent, like they, there are certain things they have to go through at different phases. Right. But, you know, I remember when I was 16, you know, 17 house parties was the end thing. Nobody will consider having a house party in 2022. 
if you don't want your possessions go missing or a fight to break out and everything and they're broken because these children are just going out and just tearing up everything. You know, if, if I could, if I had a message for young people today, um, and this is for our girls as well as our males, our boys, I would encourage them to know and to believe that they have great purpose. They were born with purpose. And I would encourage each one of them to find a positive person. It may be a family member, maybe a neighbor, a friend, or somebody you know in the community. To find that person and just allow that person to work with you to set your goals and to share resources and things with you that will at least give you the opportunity for a positive lifestyle. Because when you dabble into, and, and it's hard, but I often say to adults as well, if you've got a spare hour, you know, I know organizations like Big Brothers and Big Sisters, I mean, they've been struggling for years to find men to come in. But if you've got an hour or two and, 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 and you can just sit with a young person, you don't have to bring them to your house. You can meet them somewhere. You know, if they can't travel safely amongst the island, find out where they can be and go and meet them. But just work with them and help them to structure goals. And here are some resources because they don't always know what to do. They haven't been taught. They don't know what morals look like. They don't know what a spiritual foundation looks like. They don't know that. I mean, we think, oh, you know, hitting people and slapping people and just like that's we're mortified by it. But for a lot of them, that's their reality. That's their reality. Yeah. yeah. One of the things, what when you were speaking, it, it, it came to my mind. I said, oh, yeah, let me mention this. Also, we live in a time that they're very quick. They move, right? Mm-hmm. They're speeding, right? <laughs> speeding. They're rapping. Right? Everything's fast. Yes. And what, what we want, we want them to slow down. Mm-hmm. Right. And they can't. And they can, you see, we look look at what's happening on the roads. You see a lot of our young people, they're not, I can't even say they're doing 40. They're, they're at 60 every day. They're flying and I'm praying for somebody. It's mainly the boys I'm seeing. Where are you in a hurry to go? Everything is rush, rush, rush. One of the things I say to parents when I'm tutoring their children, you know, if you look at children and sometimes look at their their hands and fingers moving, and I'm asking, well, how much time are they spending on electronic games? Do a study on rapid eye movement and see how this is affecting your child. If they're online for hours, just doing this. And the speed at which all this stuff is going on the screen and, and how quickly you have to get away, how quickly you have to shoot. How quick, and then we're telling them, like you said, slow down. Just slow down. They don't know how to slow down. We're telling them, go in the classroom, sit still, and look at that teacher who's moving very slowly, writing. And yeah. so, <laughs> look at this. Rome is winding down. That's okay. That's okay. Go on to your next PowerPoint. While you're going to the next PowerPoint, I see a comment. 
that um, Ronald Harrell wrote, he says, the problems we're discussing sound similar to their decades-old problem in America. It's kind of eye-opening to listen today and realize you're having the similar conditions. Well, I would say to Ronald, we have a saying here in Bermuda that when the U.S. sneezes, Bermuda wheezes. In other words, I mean, the U.S. is our closest neighbor, Right. And everything that's happening out there from the East Coast over to the West Coast, we have to try it. We just have to try it. And it's not working out oftentimes in our favor, right? Um, you see a Modi, he's saying they race because they're trying to escape the present reality, right? So slow down for what? Exactly. They, th th these are things that we have to teach them. They ha we have to teach them. And but, before we teach, before we teach them, we got to teach the parents. Absolutely. So there we go. And and again, through none of this dialogue that we have had so far, are we are either one of us saying it's the government's responsibility? Because it is not. It is not. And I wish people would get off of that horse. It is not the government's responsibility to raise our children. I can understand having some helping services, some resources, but what are we doing here? But anyway, on to your PowerPoint. <laughs> Listen, girl, we only got nine minutes left. So you're going to yeah. come back. I'll come back. We'll go on. Yeah. Um, so I just because I like I said in the beginning, I didn't want to rush it through because it's too important and we've got a lot to share. And I want to keep on hearing from you. Um, one of the key aspects of which we have spoken tonight, which will always be, is the home environment. Mm -hmm. You know, my thing is don't buy the baby Nikes and all this. Like, babies are cute. They're going to look cute in a towel. Right. Let's let's think. Ahead, you know, the amount of money, let's think ahead and, and not think now, but that's what happens. They're not thinking future, they're nope. thinking, I want it, I want it now. And that's how many have children, and now they have children and they're in trouble. Yep. Let me read some of these comments. It's so many, and thank you, everyone who is commenting. I may try to do a lot, uh, a live. A recording afterwards just to share some of your comments once I finish with um, this wonderful guest. But let me read a few a few of your comments. I know. Oh, yeah. Okay. My sister, she said, I never wanted to be a single parent. It was not easy, but I worked hard, had a praying mother, and my children had no choice. Sunday school was not and never will be an option. They had to go, as do my grams. The issue becomes... With when it's day this weekend. Oh Lord, I was right over there. It's it's you know one Sunday I have fifteen to twenty children. The next Sunday, three to five. Yes, something's wrong with that already. See, that's a whole another conversation because <laughs> if it's teaching the child, I can, I can, and when I get older and especially with males, I want to be like my daddy, so I'm not going to church. Mm -hmm. You wonder it has spiritual yeah, tentacles. It impacts yes. who we are. But, but she speaks to a very important um, situation there because you've got children coming from or going to coming from different households where parents have different set of values. 
right? And then sometimes you might have a parent who is pretty strict and and not doing any damage to the child, just strict. I have some standards, standards that you're going to abide by, but now it's time to go to daddy and daddy says, hey, you can do whatever you like. Who do you think the child is going to choose? I mean, that's not rocket science. But again, if parenting was an option to learn, we may find that this is one solution. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You set them out for there. We've got five minutes to go. And so let me thank you for our part one of the series. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I see somebody just said, let's do a part two to this. And I would definitely be Absolutely. willing to do this with you. Most definitely. You. Most I, definitely. I, I respect you for that. And I'm thankful uh, because it's an easy conversation with rich information. Yeah. And I want to give you some time now because you mentioned earlier that we do have some males who are doing wonderful work mm -hmm. and you want to give a shout out. So I, take do. Your time right now. I do. And if I could pull all these men together under one umbrella, I have no doubt we would see massive change. Um, there's one that is uh, not here in Bermuda. Um, but he's going to see this, Dr. Ted Sutton. He's a gang leader in Baltimore, Maryland. And I have the utmost respect for him and the work he's doing in the streets of Baltimore. And I just, I need him to come to Bermuda, ASAP. And he is billing, right? Um, I want to shout out to Magistrate Juan Wolf, another powerhouse in our community, who, even though he has a role which can sometimes end with one of his clients being incarcerated, I've always found him to be so fair and willing to listen and understand before being so quick to send up the road. I appreciate him. My brother-in-law, Duvon Powell, um, I'm going to just go through the list because if I sit here and explain all of them, we'll be here till nine o'clock. So let me just say my brother-in-law, Duvon Powell, Desmond Crockwell, um, Dennis Brown, Darius Richardson, Keyshan Bean, Anthony Bascom, Anthony Peets, Amodi Niabonga, Quincy Painter, Anthony Bull. And my newfound friend, Ronald Harrell, I have the utmost respect for these men. And these are men who always have one, you know, back in the day, the teacher always said, put on your thinking cap. They had, they always have their thinking caps on and looking to make positive and effective change. And so um, I want to say well done to all of those men. We're all tired, but... Let's keep going a little longer. Let's keep going. Yeah. All right. Thank you. And yes, to those gentlemen, I know some of them. I will give a shout out to Magistrate Juan Wolf of our class for the uh -oh. years. Hey, yes. hey, hey, watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Nothing is impossible. Okay. No. no. Um, and that's one of the reasons I like talking to you, because no matter how frustrated we both may get, at mm -hmm. the end of the day, we're going to say there's still hope, mm -hmm. right? Keep mm -hmm. hope alive. There's yeah. still hope. And we will continue this conversation. We will continue to add quality um, ideas, solutions to what's going on. 
Um, my prayer is that, look, tag your politician, tag the pre tag everybody. At some point, it's got to break. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor. This is not in vain. This mm -hmm. moment here is a part of what God's going to do to turn mm -hmm. this island around. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want more deaths and sad families and children without parents and Bermuda seeming like such a dark place when I know this is one of the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah. And so we're not going to just let it happen. Mm -hmm. And two, let me say, because we're going to come back and talk about that video that I shared with you. That's got mm -hmm. some brilliant stuff Absolutely. in it. Yes. A lot of things that we want to talk about. And, you know, we also want to stir some of the higher ups and the politicians. Stop speaking the game and let's get in the game. Absolutely. Without, without, without fear, without fear. Because and when I say without fear, because, you know, people are always worried about, well, what if I say, or what, if, sometimes you got to take that risk. You just got to take the risk. If we want change, we have to do things differently. That's the Martin Luther King, Gandhi, you know, all these type of people. That's what they did. Yes. So we, we esteem them, but then we're not willing to walk in that way. Yes. Well, again, to those both locally and I, Ronald, ha Ronald Harold. Ronald Harold is overseas. Yes. I see his comment. Merchants yes. of Hope. Yes. Look at that. Merchants of Hope. Yes. yes. You and others have to become merchants of hope. You have to push yes. this. Yes. See, you got to be a Christian talking like that. Um, <laughs> and shout hope to our children. Yes. Keep yes. hope alive. The devil, the darkness, the, that will not be the overcoming influence. I don't yes. care where it is. We're going up. I'm going to end it on a positive note. Thank you, uh, Sister Shawnette, for being with me on You're tonight. Getting, oh, just tremendous quality uh, to this conversation. Information, heartfelt, and from experience. Uh, yes. I do appreciate it, and I look forward to We'll give ourselves a little break. Part two. <laughs> Part two. But don't, and, don't break too long. We got to keep it no. going while it's hot. <laughs> I'm just being nice. I don't have a problem yeah. there. Next, that's, next that's week, Tuesday. Next week, Tuesday. All right. So everybody that's watching, next week, Tuesday. And tell us. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you Thank so you. much. God Thank bless you. you. And bless you. enjoy the rest of your night. And we will chat. All right? All right. Okay. God bless you. Wonderful, wonderful information. People, one thing that you have heard is passion and caring. We cannot knock that down. That is where it begins. Because when you care this much, you invest and you even risk investing yourself so that things can change. Mothers out there, fathers out there, it is not without hope. Oh yeah, merchants of hope reach out to me, especially if the little ones, okay? Especially if primary school, middle school, they're, they're not going to like discipline, but they're going to be rewarded because of it. I promise you, discipline is a reward. It is not something that is against their character. It helps to shape, formulate their character so that they can fulfill all of the potential that God has before them, within them. 
All right. Going to read your chat later. Make sure they do get on the broadcast when I do put it on Swim TV, which will be Sunday because I'm going to work on this right now. And I want your comments to have been heard. So I will read them following this live and record them. God bless you. Uh, God continue to keep you. Bermuda, be filled with hope. I don't care what it looks like. If you've got a bit of a hope, hope there, that's the faith that will cause us to see a change. All right. So if you need to reach out to me, to our sister Shawnette, do so. We are here as an encouragement and certainly as hope. All right. Keep hope alive. Let's do that in Jesus name. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. And you know what I'm saying. Blessings abound.